You're listening to a podcast series from Vietcetera Production. Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia and the world. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, Vietcetera meets with business leaders every week to discuss the country's future growth prospects. We also learn about how they build and manage teams and why they think innovation will be key to Vietnam's role in the world order. What's up, guys? My guest today is Valerie Gacharant, the CEO at L'Oreal Vietnam. Founded mid-2007, L'Oreal Vietnam has quickly become a leader in the beauty sector. Valerie, who has been with a French personal care company for over 22 years, moved to Vietnam to set up the subsidiary of L'Oreal Group four years ago. His focus since then has been on tech innovation, sustainable development goals, and making a positive impact on the environment. There are a number of household variants distributed by L'Oreal in Vietnam, including Yves Saint Laurent, Kiehl's, Maybelline New York, and Vichy. Thanks to the company's many distribution channels, including supermarkets, pharmacies, hair salons, and the e-commerce website, L'Oreal is present all over Vietnam. We asked Valerie about the role of data in the beauty sector and what Vietnamese consumers prioritize when it comes to skincare and about riding the K-wave. But before we begin, we'd also like to extend a big thanks to our sponsor, Dreamplex. Dreamplex has over five years of experience in running engaging workplaces for some of the largest companies here in Vietnam. With the increasing demand for flexible workspaces in a post-COVID world, Dreamplex is opening up two large new campuses this year to deliver a better day at work for over 2,500 employees in Vietnam. What's up, guys? It's your host, Hao Tran here, the CEO of Vietcetera. It's another great day at the radio room here at our office in Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, today, we're welcoming a guest. Uh, he's been around the block for quite some time at L'Oreal Vietnam and L'Oreal actually global. His name is Valerie Goucheron. Is that right? I got it right. I don't speak French. Sorry. Um, Valerie Goucheron, he's the CEO of L'Oreal Vietnam. He's been here three and a half, four years, um, and he's really helped to drive the business during this time of digital transformation when there's so many more young people in Vietnam and, and just so many other exciting opportunities and challenges as well. So Valerie, we're very grateful that you spent your afternoon here with us and come out to your studio here in Ho Chi Minh City. Um, before we start, you know, please introduce yourself, but also share with us uh, what's brought you to Vietnam after a 20 plus year career in, at L'Oreal. So first, thank you, Hao. I'm very uh, happy and uh, honored to be here with you. And uh, it's a pleasure for me. I've, I've been almost four years in Vietnam and I've seen the surge of uh, Vietcetera, you know, so I'm, thank I'm you. Uh, yeah. also very happy to be invited today. Uh, so basically, I'm, uh, yes, you say a bit of mileage and a long <laughs> runner, you know, so you don't look at you don't look at fortunately. Um, it's all the L'Oreal products, probably. Uh, I, must, I must be using the products, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, indeed, I've been around in Vietnam around uh, four years uh, and uh, almost 22 years in, in L'Oreal, right? So uh, You started your career with the company. I started my career with the company with, uh, and I have had the, the luck to actually uh, travel the world. Alors, more the other part of the world because I've, I've spent... Uh, actually, Vietnam is my number eight country. Uh, so I've been to France, uh, Germany, UK, Ireland, uh, Chile, Mexico, uh, Turkey, and then Vietnam. And the funny thing is that I, I came to, to Vietnam uh, uh, 20, 25 years ago uh, to travel. And, uh, and I also spent one year in Hong Kong to, to study. 
And, uh, and then uh, when I was recruited into L'Oréal, I said to the HRD, I'm passionate about Asia. I want to work in Asia. And uh, they sent you somewhere else. Actually, <laughs> sent me everywhere else, Ever else, you know, in all other continents. And only 18 years later, calling me, what about Vietnam? You know, so finally, yeah. <laughs> so actually, uh, I had the luck to, uh, I, I accepted immediately and uh, very enthusiastically and full heartedly. Mm. Uh, and I was actually uh, very glad to arrive to Vietnam uh, you know, four years ago. So. There's two things that come to mind as soon as you bring up that the story of your career one is how it's kind of shifted east you know it starts <laughs> in europe it goes to latin america which yeah. is obviously a growth um not as much anymore i guess yeah. but i mean it still is but not as much as asia and then suddenly you're catapulted to asia and it tells yeah. you a lot about the ambitions of a lot of global companies including l'oreal so and the second thing i want to talk about is how someone lasts at a company for so long because then gen z's nowadays you know <laughs> they jump every year so we want to hear from you you know why be resilient in this company, grow with the yeah. company? Um, what are the successes, uh, failures, and, and opportunities that come as yeah. a result of staying at a company so yeah. long and, and hopefully more to come as well? So we want to hear about that. Um, but let's, talk, let's touch upon that, that idea of shifting to the East. Yeah. Um, you started in Europe, you went to Latin America, now you're in Vietnam, and you were here four years ago, right when Vietnam was really becoming a, an epicenter for foreign direct investment, among other growth factors. Um, how did that coincide with L'Oreal's ambitions in Vietnam? What, what were some of the key milestones that were achieved or, or, or still in progress since you've become CEO of, uh, mm. of the division here? Well, it's, it's always a you know a funny story of uh, ingredients when they they send you somewhere you know so indeed me I had gone uh, a lot through other energy markets so Latin America or Turkey so that gave me uh, also a bit of a profile of a guy that uh, is being sent to emerging markets you know to try to to crack the the new ways of engaging with the young generations in, in those countries. Um, I was also lucky uh, to work in Latin America before uh, coming here because also there's a lot of similarities in terms of uh, consumption, in terms of hair type, in terms of skin type, you know. So um, in terms of uh, also digital engagement and, uh, and social media. Did uh, Facebook usage. exist back then though? What? Did Facebook exist back then? Yeah, So there is always a consistency in, the, yeah. in this pattern, you know. So then, of course, uh, for me, you know, when I had the opportunity to come to Vietnam, uh, I accepted immediately because what I knew about Vietnam is that it was a, a young country, very emerging, very dynamic, uh, very socially driven. Uh, and in the end, you know, beauty is about social, beauty is about digital. And uh, therefore, I figured out that it was a place where we could very interestingly uh, connect with young consumers in new ways and, uh, you know, new models, new go-to-market, being more creative in the way we, we operate and we try to engage, you know. So, so that's what drove me east, you know, I would say. Uh, also, the, um, the Turkish experience was, was very uh, critical for me. Uh, because it was a, a country also emerging, more developed, but emerging with a, with a great mixture also in terms of, uh, of beauty channels between the traditional trade, the, the different offline channel drugstores, and also a very, very rising uh, online business. So for me, it was a, an interesting step on my way to the East. Uh, but here, obviously, I find the... The absolute East uh, Asian excitement uh, in in Vietnam, you know. For me, Vietnam is a leapfrog country, you know, and uh, therefore uh, the way to arrive to Vietnam for me was to to think how can we 
leapfrog, obviously, the, the beauty market in Vietnam, uh, knowing that Vietnam is a real leapfrog country. Well, let's talk about that. Let's uh, like leapfrogging yeah. the industry. I mean, there's incumbents. And by that, I mean, there's other multinationals, but also local players, yeah. I assume. And what does that landscape look like? How big is that market? How competitive is it? Okay. And, and, and what's the growth kind of opportunity for L'Oreal yeah. here? So the for me, Vietnam is a leapfrog market because it's it's one of the most dynamic markets in the world, not only for, for beauty, but it's one of the most uh, rising uh, digital e-economy of the world. You know, when you read the, the Google Temasek uh, Southeast Asia survey, you see that, that Vietnam is just uh, the rising star, you know, and will we'll overtake Thailand uh, very soon in terms of e-economy. Mm. Uh, and uh, really, Indonesia and Vietnam are the two rising stars of the continent, you know. Um, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a social culture also. Uh, Vietnam. So me, I, I try to to also be very humble and learn about the culture of uh, of uh, Vietnamese, you know. And I saw that that Vietnam has always been a very social culture, you know. Uh, links between communities, you know, conversations, relationship, tradings within small communities and communities of communities, you know. And for me, there's absolutely no surprise that that then the the social uh, networks. Uh, are for Vietnam, you know. So there is an extraordinary momentum in Vietnam uh, about the, the, the digital transformation and the, the social engagement online, you know. So and no no wonder, you know, you look at the, the, the big figures, you know, big facts. Uh, Facebook is one of the big countries. Vietnam is one of the, the biggest. biggest countries. It's one with the very peculiar uh, adoption of uh, social commerce, you know, because uh, in Vietnam, the, the number one uh, online platform to, to trade and to buy and to eat and to sell is Facebook. Is that you know? for you guys as well? Do you find that to be a but we, we, yeah. we are working ways yeah, to yeah. obviously capture some of this business, but, uh, but it's very unique that Facebook is uh, both the big e-commerce platform in terms of uh, number one platform for, uh, for social commerce, for example. Then you have the, the YouTube is, I think, uh, Vietnam is number four in terms of uh, views, time. viewing time of, uh, of uh, YouTube. Uh, TikTok is now uh, rising very fast in Vietnam, being uh, soon the, the, the first platform for the, the short videos in, in the, obviously, among the Gen Z. Uh, and, and countless examples like that, you know. So there is an extraordinary momentum in Vietnam, which for me is matching the deep culture of Vietnam, the social culture. Um, the youth of the population and obviously a very, very strong interest uh, to learn, to be educated on the new trends, on the in all types of categories of products. And there is a huge thirst for uh, beauty information uh, in Vietnam. You know, the, the buzz is huge. You mm. know? So so when you look at all this, then uh, the, the, what is at stake for a company like us is, is, is indeed uh, how to uh, to engage much more deeply and uh, daily with the Gen Z um, to uh, meet their expectations, their needs, and uh, listen to them also, because there is a lot of uh, of knowledge on, on beauty and a huge interest. So in terms of size of the um, in terms of size of the market, there is there is still huge opportunity for growing uh, in uh, in Vietnam because the the spend per capita mm. uh, in beauty is still limited compared to neighboring countries uh, like uh, like uh, Thailand or even Philippines who have a different pattern of. Uh, when of you say limited, do you mean um, like the amount that that's being spent? And yeah. maybe you can like illustrate that for us. Like yeah. for every you know. Um, 
Gen Z that lives in Vietnam, uh, I'm guessing women is mostly your, your target market. Um, they're spending $20 a year, probably more than that, right? Much more than that. Um, how does that compare to the rest of the, the region? But the, the overall, the, the, the beauty spend per capita in, uh, in, uh, in Vietnam is still, for example, uh, three times lower than, than Thailand, for example. Okay, so there is still a, a lot of room to grow. And Vietnam is a bigger very- market or population than Thailand. Uh, no, it, I'm talking of uh, spend per oh, person. Oh, spend per person. Okay. Right, right, right. Uh, then, obviously, it's uh, very different according to categories. For example, uh, uh, there is a lot of knowledge and needs in Vietnam for skincare. Mm. It's a very uh, uh, hot country, humid, with a lot of uh, sun. Uh, you know, so there is a st- very strong need in, in Vietnamese population for obviously uh, cleansing products, skincare products. So, for example, the, 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 the penetration and the development on, on skincare products is, is quite advanced, actually. And the, the routine of usage is, is sophisticating uh, every year uh, with uh, young consumers actually using more products than the, the year before or the generation before. Um, but on some other categories, the, the development is much less. For example, uh, makeup is still a low penetrated category in Vietnam. It's rising very fast again, mm-hmm. huh? but uh, on a lower base. Uh, and uh, so there's some disparities according to different categories. But uh, and obviously some disparities also in rural versus uh, uh, urban Vietnam. But uh, but the, the perspectives are actually very very promising. There is a very dynamic uh, development of uh, the beauty market in Vietnam. Chỉ với 20.000 đồng một tháng, tương đương một ổ bánh mì, bạn có thể giúp duy trì hoạt động của chương trình như chưa hề có cuộc chia ly. Hãy tham gia chiến dịch bánh mì nối yêu thương tại app của ví điện tử Momo. You mentioned urban and rural. Does it change by city as well? Like, is Ho Chi Minh City, you see consumer patterns change compared to the north, for instance? I mean, the weather is slightly different. Yeah, so the, the, the climate is a, a very important Driving factor, factor in yeah, terms yeah. Of, uh, of beauty. Mm. So it, it uh, for sure, it affects uh, uh, the seasons are different in the in the north or in, uh, in the south. So sometimes there are different needs of textures. Uh, of uh, cleansing products. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know you're not an expert. I, I know nothing about this stuff, and you're I'm talking to about educate it. And, yeah, exactly. uh, and transmit yeah, yeah. you the most important thing. Uh, so indeed, there are some disparities uh, regionally, uh, quite often linked to the climate. Then what we see is that the, there is the, more or less the same aspiration everywhere in Vietnam for the same type of products, uh, type of brands, uh, you know, uh, type of uh, tips to how to use the products, mm. uh, how to beautify yourself. Then what depends is the ability to uh, afford uh, some types of products or not. And to this extent, uh, L'Oreal, we have uh, more than 30 brands internationally and already 11 in Vietnam, yeah, you know, yeah. from... Uh, L'Oréal Paris, uh, Maybelline, uh, Vichy, La Roche-Posay, uh, Kiehl's, uh, SkinCeuticals, Lancôme, Yves Saint Laurent, uh, Carastase, you know. So only 11 out of the 30 are here. 11 out of wow. 30, soon 12. And uh, obviously we have an, an agenda to, uh, to further develop and invest in the Vietnamese beauty market. What, what's limiting the, the rest of the 18 to come here? Is it just more of a product rollout kind of timeline? And uh, we, we choose our fights first, you know. So the, the important thing is that we also have a very large portfolio of brands to, to also match different types of categories, you know, from uh, fragrance, to mm-hmm. skincare, uh, makeup, uh, body care, uh, UV products, uh, makeup, 
And we also try to cover the needs in terms of uh, pricing level, you know, between uh, mass market, uh, premium mass, uh, luxury, professional dermatological products. So to, to kind of cover the maximum of needs. So today we are able to, to cover uh, pretty well the, the current needs of Vietnam with around 11, uh, 11 brands. But uh, we have more coming soon. And uh, then obviously we, we wait until we make uh, uh, successful case studies with the existing brands before uh, rolling out uh, uh, the new ones. Excellent. Mm -hmm. and, you, and you say like uh, these consumers are really looking for tips, kind of guidance about how to use these products, which products to buy. Um, wh who are those tip givers? Are they, is it uh, websites? Is it blogs? Is it, uh, I know influencers are all the rage nowadays. Yeah. Are, are they working? That's a question yeah. you know to be really asked. I think. Um, what what are what are you guys doing at a broad level? Like, and how does it compare versus your versus the global kind of initiatives? Because mm. you know here in Vietnam, Facebook, YouTube, maybe influencers are very very powerful. And then uh, elsewhere that you've you've worked, maybe not so much. Mm. What what is that landscape? Who is the tip giver in Vietnam? Ooh, our tip giver is uh, that's a, actually a very good question yeah, because yeah. Uh, the reality of Vietnam is that it's a very fragmented market for for many categories. You know, um, and I would say that the again. Vietnam tends to be a leapfrog country, you know, because in many countries, the influencers ecosystem is, is actually much more developed than Vietnam with much bigger influencers, uh, you know, with, a, with an advocacy through influencers that has been developed for many years, etc. In Vietnam, it's all very recent. So there is a leapfrog uh, dynamic. They kind of skipped a stage? They kind of skip, skip the stage. And also what me, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to be uh, with my teams very humble uh, in front of the consumers. And uh, in Vietnam, I would say that we are also at a stage where consumers themselves become influencers you know so we see the rise of the influence micro influencers yeah micro influence nano influence gr community groups uh, of interest you know and um, and in the end uh, we try to be humble because there is a lot of knowledge uh, in the consumers themselves uh, they share a lot of tips and uh, they have needs they have expectations and i think the the necessity for a company like us uh, uh, marketing beauty products is to really listen to them, uh, incorporate their insight in and build our own social marketing uh, based on that, you know. So so for me, uh, something typical also of Vietnam is that it's not a country that you classify, okay, it's an influencer country, is a, is a healthcare professional uh, recommendation country. It's very fragmented, but in the end, what is leapfrogging also is the power of the consumer in terms of uh, own influence, you know. So... We are trying to deal with that and to uh, really base our social marketing uh, on actually what the, the consumer is influencing uh, him or herself. Does, does uh, soft power also influence consumers? Because L'Oreal is a French brand and a lot of the brands you, you guys are, are uh, you know, French as well. There's a heritage actually, and story uh, behind that, I guess. We, are, we, are, uh, we have a few big, uh, historic, strong brand, uh, French brands, but uh, we have brands of many nationalities. And in, in, the, in the long list I quoted you, there yeah. were actually many different types of uh, origins okay. of brands. So uh, uh, Vietnam is very open to the world. So uh, in terms of beauty influence, uh, Vietnam is very open between the Western beauty, the French beauty, uh, the Korean beauty, the Japanese beauty. Um, and it's actually, uh, Vietnam is finding uh, its, own, its own way yeah, uh, yeah. within all the possible influences that, uh, that there are in beauty, you know. So we, we don't really 
think at all uh, nationality or, or brands. You know, as a matter of fact, we have a very international uh, origin. Yeah, portfolio I, I was about to say that you guys, having studied marketing uh, through our media company, most na- multinationals don't, but like the Koreans are really pushing it. I noticed Korean brands; they really are pushing that. So um, we've never had a Korean makeup brand on the show, so I can't ask, but. Just curious. We, we we even have Korean. Brand, oh, you do. Uh, you guys own some. Okay, okay. Yeah. Are they here in Vietnam too? Or uh, the, in, in a way, in yes, a small it, way. It yeah, is yeah. Here. It's a three C. Is a brand, a Korean brand that uh, uh, belongs to L'Oréal. Uh, so you know, our our job is to uh, as as beauty because we are a beauty player player. You know, for hundred and eleven years, we have only done one thing, which is beauty products. You know, so we are totally focused. You know, and uh, as a uh, your player of beauty, you know, we are uh, uh, also here to uh, to to provide uh, actually uh, beauty from all over the world to the whole world, you know. So we have really we consider we have a mission to universalize uh, beauty and bring the best of beauty to everyone uh, wherever they are uh, and whatever the origin of the the brand is, you know. So. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about makeup and consumers yeah. and, and what the industry is like. Let's talk about L'Oreal as a company. Yeah. Um, you know, we touched upon how you've been there for quite some time. So it's your long. first job. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll kind of touch part on that on the last part of this session. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd love to talk about some initiatives that you guys are running in Vietnam. Twofold. One is uh, L'Oreal for the future, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with that. And then also digital transformation. Okay. Uh, what does that mean for a makeup company? So well, let's talk about the for the future thing. You know, that sounds very nice and forward looking. And what is that exactly? <laughs> yeah. So to, to, to put the things in the in the context, uh, L'Oreal is uh, so the number one uh, beauty uh, company in the world uh, for many, many years. Uh, and is, is a company, you ask me also about the company, uh, who has uh, always been very strong at the, obviously the financial performance, but also the extra financial performance. So, uh, and for many years, you know, so for example, uh, the, the, the non-financial performance, like the, the gender equality, uh, the diversity of recruitment of, and of uh, employees, uh, the ethics, uh, the sustain- sustainability, uh, the decarbonation uh, roadmap, you know, uh, all these things are actually uh, very big in the in the strategy. Of Is that the, through the manufacturing company? mostly? Is that where you guys saw through it many things? You know, uh, many things because I, I will talk about it in the in the Laurel for the Future program. But uh, so it, it's a company that uh, again, since it is entirely focused. Focused, you know, uh, has the ability to uh, seek for excellence and quality in the performance of the the brands and the products, the quality, but also in the non-financial performance, which is equally important. You know, at the end of the day, uh, everybody wants to to buy brands with purpose or wants to work for a company who has uh, which has strong values. You know. That's one of the secrets why I'm still yeah, here, yeah. by the way. So, so uh, Laurel for the Future is, is the, the name of the uh, sustainability roadmap that the, the group has. Uh, we launched in 2013 uh, a roadmap called Sharing Beauty with All. Uh, and we launched in 2020, last year, in the, in the middle of the, the pandemics, uh, the new version of it that is uh, actually uh, ensuring our goals until uh, 2030. So uh, it's actually a very, very uh, ambitious roadmap because it, it not only focuses on the, the direct impact that we have as a company with uh, our uh, uh, 
uh, carbon roadmap with the, the actually manufacturing of our products, but it also uh, encompasses the indirect impacts that we have with all the suppliers, with all the customers, and also with the consumers. You know, so that's why you were also uh, as asking me, uh, you know. Uh, um, what is the role of the consumers? You know, so it's our role to educate because, for example, the, the water consumption, we know that the, a lot of the water consumption happens when the, the consumers actually take their shower and, uh, and shampoo and rinse their hair. You know? So, for example, it's our duty to insist on uh, formulas that are very easily rinsable you know? uh, and also that formulas that are biodegradable because... Uh, with the, the formula going through the, the sink right, and the, right. the shower, you know, can uh, potentially have a negative impact on the, on the De Decades ago, all these companies probably weren't thinking about it, right? Yeah, it just exactly. wasn't studied enough and that problem wasn't yeah. a thing until now. So the, the run for the future, uh, and I will introduce it in a, in a few weeks, by the oh, way, to Vietnam, yeah. oh, the, the Vietnamese roadmap. So I cannot reveal you all sure. the secrets yet. <laughs> uh, but it's a very interesting and ambitious program because indeed we incorporate the consumer and uh, all the possible stakeholders of the company. It's not just about the carbon neutrality of our plants and manufacturing and, uh, you know, if we replace and, uh, and transform our packagings. It, it goes really to the, uh, to the, the consumer yeah, and how we empower the consumer to be more responsible, to know about the impact of the products, you know, and the same with the employees, you know, because we, we saw that, uh, you know, for example, a big part of the, uh, of the carbon emissions of the group is the commuting of the employees every morning coming from their home to the, to the office, you know, and it's not minor at all, you know, so then, you, you go, okay, how can I, uh, in the countries where we have a fleet uh, policy, how can I ensure electric cars or motorbikes uh, policy for my employees? You know, how do I allow flexibility in the workplace to work from home uh, to avoid commuting? You know, so it's really a new sizing of the, of the impact of the company. And uh, I'm going to present it to, uh, to Vietnam in a, in a few weeks. Very good. Uh, in, in details. But it's a, it's a very exciting journey. And, and me, I have seen the, the former roadmap. Uh, in 22 years, I've seen the group evolve, you know. And, and I'm also proud, you know, to, to see it's that. It's coming uh, to realization. That is coming to realization, that, that we raise the ambition to, to more expectations that everybody has, you know, uh, from the consumers, from the, the communities. Yeah, so, I never uh, thought about it that way. So I'm very curious to see how the Vietnamese consumer receives it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's obviously trending right now and not a lot of companies, I mean, there are, but they're not really putting it in action, yeah. I guess it's hard to see. So, um, well, excited to so see that, that roll out. You know, so. that's uh, this Laurent for the future program is, uh, for me is, is a great example of the, the ambition that, that big companies uh, should have, you know, also in the part of the global goals and uh, the global impact of United Nations, you know, so th this is, uh, this is uh, good to be able to contribute. Of course, there's huge work to do, you know, but, um, but the movement is, is well, uh, well engaged and the Laurel is, is, is actually uh, recognized in, in many aspects and one of the most advanced companies in this field. Uh, but uh, there, is, there is still a long way to go, you know, and, uh, but it's a, it's a core responsibility and for sure companies like us, we have to 
to show the way and uh, you know the change will come from the consumers but also will come from uh, from bigger companies to actually uh, move uh, fast uh, or fast enough on this topic yeah which is my next topic i want to talk about yeah. digital transformation yeah. 100 plus year old company makeup yeah. you know do you even have engineers it yeah. doesn't even exist at a company like l'oreal what does digital transformation mean for you guys everyone's talking about it nowadays yeah. you know I'm, I'm naturally just thinking does it mean selling more online you know or what is that is it inventory management is it manufacturing Ah, what, yeah. what is digital transformation for you guys? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but digital transformation uh, is a journey. Okay. Um, so, by the way, uh, the, the group officially started the digital transformation <laughs> roadmap, uh, I think back in 2010 or something oh, like that. Wow. So, it's something that is kind of 10, 10 years old. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, you have different ways to measure it, you know. So, for example, I can tell you. Uh, uh, in 2020, the number one country for L'Oréal was not a country, but was uh, e-commerce. Okay, so it's first way to answer <laughs> your question. Uh, you can measure part of the digital transformation indeed by the online sales. Okay, um, in uh, in Vietnam, for me, the digital transformation was about the leapfrog mindset. Okay, so when you see uh, what, what we mentioned, the, the, the hard facts about the, the reality of digital and social in Vietnam. Uh, how can a company like us not only embrace it, but, but contribute and uh, speed up this change? You know? so, um, so, for example, um, you have many ways of tackling the digital transformation. Okay? First way, that, that by the way we chose, was saying, okay, let's finish with a series of uh, traditional uh, offline mass media. Okay. to be able to concentrate on uh, digital engagement with consumers. Okay. So, for example, we stopped many mass media and we focused on digital media. Okay. And then, obviously, we had to skill up our, uh, our marketers, our employees. So when you say mass media, you mean less, less like out-of-home like advertising, television, outdoor, newspapers? You know, yeah, this kind of thing. Do you still do those kind of activities or is it limited? Not at all, really. Wow. That's pretty big in makeup world because yeah, when you a, when you stop by you know go through all the malls and, and don't don't or, don't, don't uh, restrict us oh, to oh, makeup. Oh right, you know? sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, we we do all beauty. categories of beauty. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. Um, oh wow! So uh, that's that's one first move, quite bold. But at the end of the day, me, I consider also digital transformation. You need to pick a few things to make them big and consider they are the cake and not the cherry and the cake, you know? So if you say, uh, I will do digital media, uh, then you need to do it for real, you know? So then you, you need to actually stop doing other things and you need to skill up your uh, marketers, you know, to uh, choose the right partners uh, in your ecosystem, in your agencies, to be able to, 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 to walk the talk properly, you know? So that, that's one first thing. Second thing for me, Digital media actually is, is only a, a small portion of it, you know. For me, and Vietnam again leapfrogs to that level, is that it's not so much about digital media. It's, it's about actually social marketing, you know. And, and social marketing is not the, the cherry on the cake, it's a cake, you know. Uh, so same thing, you know. What do you do when you want to transform your company and uh, your ways of working? to tackle uh, the topic of the social marketing and social content, you know, meaning that you need to be able to generate interesting content for the Vietnamese consumers on beauty, you know, and content that is relevant, that is based on their own insights, you know, then it's a big change in the ways of working. Because again, you need to stop doing things that you have been doing to tackle this properly. 
Then the third thing is online sales, e-commerce. So here, uh, the topic is again about uh, first uh, building the skills internally. So you need to build the, the competencies. So you need to uh, recruit new people because you are creating new jobs. Uh, and fortunately, Vietnam is a very big, uh, for me, emerging, rising star in terms of uh, young digital talent factory. Uh, so there's many, many young talents. Uh, in so, some of them were born before you started even working at L'Oreal. Uh, don't mention it. <laughs> don't, don't mention it. Don't, don't mention it. <laughs> but yes, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, so you build the, you build the teams, you build the resources, you build the capabilities, and and our approach has been to internalize the maximum of competencies we can on the uh, online sales and the e-commerce and social commerce to be able to control our destiny. I mean, this is something you've had to learn too. Like this 10 years ago, yeah. this is something you've had to learn. Because totally. when you started your career 22 years ago, that didn't exist, totally right? Totally new. Yeah. Totally new. So, so for me, digital transformation is about that. You know, It's about making a few big choices. And we always say when you choose, you have to say no. So meaning no to the rest and decide to invest in the resource, the capabilities, the skilling of the people, the, the right partners, the right systems. And uh, that's what we are trying to do uh, in a country like Vietnam. And I can tell you that uh, it, it pays off when you, when you focus uh, like that and you invest in talents uh, to fuel that, that new way of working. You say it's a talent factory in Vietnam. There's just lots of young people yes. born digitally native. Yes. Is it easy? To hire is it i mean i'm sure it's super competitive right now of right? course it's competitive yeah. but everything is competitive you know and uh, we are in uh, southeast asia and uh, vietnam is a very growing country yeah, yeah so it has to be competitive but but uh, you know at the end of the day the uh, if we want to be attractive for uh, for gen z uh, we need to have something to offer you know and uh, lots of beauty products and uh, <laughs> for sure beauty products but also what what we the choices we make uh, strategically yeah. also can attract people you know sure. and then for example when you when you decide to uh, to invest in digital in social in e-commerce in online sales in social commerce which at the end of the day is the reality of every day of all the gen z in this country then maybe you build an edge that makes you a bit more attractive than uh, other companies and uh, with the ability to to have a leapfrog mindset, entrepreneurial spirit that normally you find into startups uh, and that maybe you can find also in some bigger companies. Yeah. So, well, you talk about creating a workplace where people are motivated and incentivized yeah. to be part of something dynamic and innovative. Yeah. Let's talk about your career. You know, uh, we're, we're wrapping up toward the end of our session. So I want to end on a light note uh, about your career. Yeah. Uh, 22 years at L'Oreal, first job. You've moved around quite a bit and you're here in Vietnam uh, in a CEO position for for the country. Um, what are some of your tips that you can offer to, to those that are just starting their careers at L'Oreal? Maybe if you've recruited, rec recruited them already and they're you know, one year through their, their trainee program or whatever, or those at anywhere uh, at other companies, uh, you know, gens that are known for hopping around uh, quite a bit. Um, what were some of the rewards that you've had as someone that's like been going through a company for so mm. long and what have you seen and, and what values have you learned? Okay. So the first thing is uh, I started uh, young, 
you know, as a young uh, management trainee kind of uh, <laughs> profile uh, to L'Oréal. And uh, did you ever expect to be here after that? I knew nothing about cosmetics. Huh? I was not born for cosmetics. Uh, so if you envisioned your career 20 years later, when you were 20, whatever, you, did you ever think you would be at L'Oréal still? Or do you think you would be in Vietnam? I didn't think. Uh, you didn't think that far. Okay, no, yeah. no, I didn't think it that far, to be honest. Um, You're trying to survive what I, your first year. What I just knew is that uh, there is a long story uh, between L'Oréal and the youth. Okay? So in my home country, L'Oréal is very, very respected as a very big company, very attractive for, uh, for young people, always number one or number two, still today, by the way. Uh, so I knew that the L'Oréal is about the, the, the story with the, the, the youth. And that, you know, giving uh, high responsibilities early to the young. Uh, I think the management trainee idea program, uh, L'Oréal started it in, in Western Europe in uh, the 1950s. Okay? So it's not a new idea. You know, it's, it's it, the heart of the culture of the company is to bet on the, on the youngsters and on the youth. And I was an example of it, you know, because I started very young. Then they, ga they gave me very uh, <laughs> interesting responsibilities very early and I'm still there, you know. So, so first, uh, there is a culture to, to trust the youth and give them big responsibilities. Sometimes, uh, some cultures don't like it, you know, because the, Then there is, it's true that in L'Oréal, there is quite a lot of space to move for a big company, you know, uh, a bit more freedom, a bit less processes, a bit, a bit less structured style, you know, to allow actually the, the room and, and the space to act, you know. So some people hate it, then maybe the, they will never flourish in, in a company like L'Oréal. But uh, for the people who actually like this space, then, uh, then you have it, you know. And me, I'm still there for that, you know, because uh, it's one of the essential parts is that you, you actually can make impact. When you are in a country, you are close to the consumer, you take your destiny in your hands, the, 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 the country manager, the country teams, actually, they, they do their business themselves, you know. Uh, they don't depend on uh, other people to think it for them, you know. Um, so for me, I, I feel very, uh, although I'm not a Gen Z anymore, I feel quite close to, to the Gen Z because uh, what the Gen Z wants to do is to, to have impact wherever they go, you know. And, uh, and of course, they, they chop on and off, you know, but uh, it's fine, you know, to, to have different experiences. So my role is not to, to try to to maintain them in the company for the sake of it, you know, my, my, my role is to try to give them some interesting stuff to do and uh, so that they can make impact, you know, because uh, when you make impact, you actually feel recognized and, uh, and, and then you are, you are able to learn from that, you know, so, so that's uh, the story about the, my own ex uh, story. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But how I also uh, consider that uh, we should be a home for a uh, talented uh, Gen Z. And um, we have many also tools, huh? by the way. The, I, maybe you don't know about it, but um, we have a program called L'Oréal Brandstorm, uh, which is actually a worldwide competition. Uh, between university students from all countries uh, on a case study every year, different, uh, a case study a topic that can be game-changing for beauty industry. Um, and uh, we launched uh, the Brandstorm competition only uh, last year. So it's the second edition this year. And this year, we had, uh, we had more than 25 universities participating Uh, 1,300 uh, candidates uh, registered in 350 teams. 
And Vietnam was in the top 10 of all countries in the world for the number of participants, you know. So for me, this is just another example of the energy and the vibrancy of Vietnam, you know. Vietnam is able to be in top 10 uh, thanks to the amazing uh, learning spirit and the thirst to learn and to, to have impact that the, the Gen Z uh, of Vietnam have, you know. So, um, and the topics are very exciting. For example, last year, the, the, the topic was about plastic, inventing plastic less beauty. Uh, which uh, today is Earth Day, by the way. Mm. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so was actually I was very impressed with the, the some groups of Vietnam uh, the, the, the ideas they came up with, and this year is about in reinventing the beauty shopping experience through entertaining, and I think it's very relevant. You know, we will enter soon a post-pandemic. Uh, uh, era and uh, people want more freedom, you know, and they, there will be a movement a bit like in the Roaring Twenties uh, last time uh, to to actually uh, consume more with more responsibility, uh, more purpose. But uh, so and and today uh, we, I've been witnessing uh, actually last week or two weeks ago amazing projects from uh, Vietnamese students, you know, and thanks to the big numbers of applicants. This year, there will be two seats for Vietnam in the worldwide final rounds, uh, where normally is one seat per country. You know, so yeah. amazed with the obviously the, the energy of the Gen Z uh, in Vietnam. You know, so uh, oh, very that's, good. A, that's a, for me is a big uh, big learning and a big excitement. You know, to to work in Vietnam, and I think that this, that's why I'm talking about talent factory because uh, I think there, there is an awful lot of uh, of uh, positive energy, optimism, and skills uh, that make the, the perfect fit for uh, for many companies like us to actually have a flourishing environment for Gen Z. You know? Well, I think the, to sum up kind of our discussion today, it's it's really the power of Gen Z in Vietnam mm -hmm. today, and that's what's powering L'Oreal. That's what's powering you as the executive running running this uh, this team here in in Vietnam. So, Valerie. Thank you for joining the show today. We, uh, we, we can see the passion. We can see the youthfulness in, in you. So thank you so much for sharing about the beauty industry in Vietnam, what L'Oreal's future is in Vietnam, and all these great activities you guys are doing. So we're very much looking forward to hearing more from you in the future. Um, thank you, Valerie, for joining the show. Any last words that you'd maybe want to give out to? Are you guys hiring? <laughs> is, that, is that something of you do? Of course we are hiring. Yeah, so, yeah. so I'm calling to all the, the Gen Z's that are following us uh, <laughs> that you can have a, indeed an entrepreneurial and startup mindset in a company, a bigger Excellent. company. And the second thing, I'm also calling the Gen Z because for the Laurel for the Future program. Uh, we are launching an impact fund uh, as well that we welcome actually uh, uh, projects from uh, Gen Z. Uh, in uh, biodiversity uh, impact fund. What, what is that? It's like they're creating like a some sort of so, so social impact yeah, project. Yeah, actually, okay. actually yes, it's part of the kind of uh, responsible finance. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, so it's a special uh, investment fund that okay. the group is uh, creating, and uh, quite big, by the way. Mm. And how, how big is how big? Oh, uh, I will share it with, uh, <laughs> okay. in a few weeks uh, gotcha, with, gotcha. with the big roadmap. But uh, we are welcoming projects from all the countries, especially from the Gen Z, uh, on the climate, the water, the forest, the biodiversity, or the community empowerment. So uh, I will have another opportunity to call out to the Gen Z's uh, soon. Okay, uh, perfect. 
Well, thanks everyone for all the listeners and followers of the Vietnam Innovators show. Uh, this is another episode of uh, the show with Valerie Gaucherand. Uh, he's the CEO of L'Oreal Vietnam. If you're interested in learning more about L'Oreal and all their initiatives, there's details right in the description. So check that out. Uh, thank you for your time, Valerie. Thank you very much. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. Vietcetra's Vietnam Innovator series is only one of many podcasts hosted by the team. We also have Have a Sip, hosted by our VP of Content, Thuy Minh, as well as the Vietnamese edition of Vietnam Innovators, hosted by Vietcetra's Chief Operating Officer, Ruby Nguyen. Look out for more podcast production soon from the Vietcetra team. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content. Thank you for listening to another episode of Vietnam Innovators, brought to you by Dreamplex. Companies are only as good as the people that work there. Still, 8 out of 10 companies in Vietnam struggle to attract, engage, and retain the best talent. Partner with Dreamplex to deliver the most engaging workplace experience to your employees. Visit dreamplex.co slash today for a free consultation.